Blog Talk Radio. everyone welcome to talk nerdy to me radio it is august 18th thursday i am megan and i'm here with the ever lovely kristen what's up kristen what up i'm so excited to be here me too so we have uh we're going to be talking about one of kristen's favorite things it's like an annual she does like an annual rewatch of it and that's jurassic park um, and also, we're going to be playing around with the format of the show a little bit because we're going to be going to bi-weekly, so meaning next week we won't have a show, but the week after that we will. Um, and that is not getting rid of the charts and just focusing on reviews of movies, TV, books, um, and music, um, and yep. um, hopefully having some more time for the main discussions. And it's not going to be... Um, separated from music and movies and then books and television. We're going to do kind of all the things and based on how we're feeling and what we've seen and what's inspiring us is basically um, how we're going to be dictating the show. (laughs) Yay. Which is exciting. It will be more liberating, I think, more more fresh, more about like kind of putting in – some creative thoughts about things. So I'm excited about it. So we're going to do a little bit of that today. Um, and then the next show, we will um, be doing that that new format 100%. So with the name of wanting to talk about Jurassic Park in depth as long as we can, why don't we get into this? So we're going to start off with music. Um, I'm just going to very quickly, I didn't want to get rid of this because there are some really good things coming out, and that is um, giving some highlights of some albums that will be dropping. So this Friday, meaning tomorrow, uh, Demi Lovato is releasing her um, album, Holy Word I Can't Say on the radio, but it rhymes with duck. (laughs) Um. Lots of interesting <laughs> reviews uh, that are coming for it. I'm actually super excited to take a listen. So if you're into Demi Lovato, that comes out tomorrow. Um, Panic at the Disco is also coming out with their album Viva Las Vengeance. Um, and then next week, um, some old older acts are coming out of the woodworks with DJ Khaled, God Did, um, and Muse, Will of the People, um, is going to be released next Friday. So it's just some things to keep in mind and kind of keep your ear out for um, as you're going about listening to music. Now, well, there's time for... It's a miracle yeah. that there's a lot of there I actually have heard of. <laughs> right? <laughs> I do have to say there was a dry spell of like looking at the list and being like, who are these people? But it seems like now more of the people that are on the radio are are starting to release their music. There was a few months where I was like, well, damn. Um, And then we'll get to my music spotlight. Um, I don't have any audio for her. Um, I didn't get a chance to do that. But she is a very easy person to look up on Spotify, Amazon Music, YouTube, wherever it is that you listen to music. And her name is Gabrielle Applin. Have you heard of Gabrielle Applin? I haven't. Um, she got really big on YouTube. So she did a lot of, like, covers on YouTube. And she became kind of, like, lots and lots of followers. And then from there um, started to make her own music that she would release on Spotify. Uh, she's an indie folk pop singer, and if I had to describe her sound, 
it's really clever lyrics set to okay. um, really catchy beats um, that really kind of showcase it. And there's a song that I listened to probably over and over again for a whole month um, called Night Bus. And it's a song that is basically you're on the bus going back home um, and you realize you need something different and you don't want to come home to the person that you're coming home to. So it's like realizing your relationship needs to end and like refresh. Um, and that song is just so reflective and just so beautiful. Um, so definitely check that out. Night Bus is the, probably my favorite song of hers. Um, she has uh, three live, uh, three studio albums. She has seven EPs. Um, search her, listen to her. She definitely deserves more attention than she's gotten. So Gabrielle Applin, that's A P L I N. So that's my recommendation. Well, I listen to it because I don't think there's ever been an artist that you've given me that I didn't end up liking. This is I will I, now I want to find someone that you'll hate. Scream <laughs> <laughs> next week. <laughs> next week I will highlight a death metal singer. It'll be great. Guaranteed to hate it. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> That's funny. All right. Uh, Kristen, you want to talk about the movies? Uh, yeah. So a couple movies we've um, seen. Uh, again, I've taken off the charts. Um, lots of good stuff. Go, go, see, go to your local theater. Um, but I was very excited in July um, I went and saw Where the Crawdads Sing, which is based on the book by Delia Owens, which was on the New York mm-hmm. Times bestseller top for like a year and a half. Um, yeah, but crazy. Uh, I saw it. I waited three weeks because I actually took my book club that I run at my work, and um, 12 of us went. It was really good. Uh, the film nailed it. Like, Little tiny things were either left out or changed just a little bit, but the main storyline was there. Um, at all the points, the characters were great and the actors were phenomenal um, that were picked. Um, I got to give hats off to Reese Witherspoon's film company. Um, I wasn't worried about this film because I knew how much of a book lover Reese was, um, and I knew she wouldn't screw this up. So. Uh, lived up to it. If you haven't seen it, go see it. It's so good. I was wondering if they were going to get it right because, like, so many people have read that book, you know, minus me, but everyone else <laughs> has read that book. Um, and, like, that's a lot to live up to. So the fact that you said that it did pretty good job, I think, is really telling. Yeah, it, it was so good that I mean I was it was emotional and the girl that they cast um so like I can't wait to see what else she does she's so talented but they hit it on the side and it was funny afterwards there were people who um who hadn't read the book that were walking by us and they were like oh my gosh that ending was so shocking so it had that it definitely had like a it wasn't like sappy. Um, there were sappy moments, but it was very like gritty and um, there was emotions and there was mystery. It, it it was so good. So good. 10 out of 10 for sure. Cool. All right. So a movie yeah. that I saw was a Netflix movie, um, which is the gray man. Um, and this is the movie that has Ryan Gosling. It has Chris Evans. Um, it also has Anna de Armas and Billy Bob Thornton, and uh, and it's basically like an action thriller. Um, a person that's been kind of brought into kind of like the CIA spy world, who is an ex-criminal, Ryan Gosling, um, gets caught up in some sort of corruption situation and then has to kind of fight his way out of it. Lots of really good action. Probably the best thing for me, though, is watching Chris Evans play 
the most horrible human being in the world because Chris Evans Evans doesn't usually he's Captain America for Christ's sake. Um, so very rarely do I see Chris Evans as that, but he's just so creepy and so impulsive and so like sociopathic in this movie. So it was interesting to see Chris Evans as a like not even like just a jerk, but like probably a psychopath. Um as he tries to go after Ryan Gosling. So lots and lots of action um, and an interesting movie. If I had to give it, I'd probably give it a three and a half stars out of five. Um, if you really like action film, you'd probably enjoy it. And if you just want to see Chris Evans be a psychopath, you can watch it too. Because <laughs> it's entertaining. There's <laughs> nothing else. Yes. I heard that one's good. I haven't gotten a chance to watch it, though. Yeah. Very good. Um, okay, I know we're going to talk about this later, but I have to talk about it because it's a movie recommendation and review. Yeah. So I yeah. know you saw it, and I saw it, but Jurassic World yeah. Dominion came out mm-hmm. in June. Um, I went opening night. <laughs> Of course. I pre-ordered And um, just so everyone understands, because we're, we're going to get into Jurassic series here in a second, my love for Jurassic Park. I own all the movies. I have a car decal that says, hold on to your butt, and is um, a, a T-Rex bones cut out, um, like a skeleton. And uh, my ringtone is Jurassic Park theme song. Wow. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. It's the theme song for Jurassic Park. Um, and everyone who knows me knows that every Thanksgiving and sometimes on Christmas, I rewatch all of them back to back from bright and early until end of day. Uh, and I do that, right? Like if I'm just bored one day and I'm like, I just feel like watching a movie. It's more, it, there's nine out of 10 times it's going to be Jurassic Park. Yeah, no, agreed. There's um I was gonna say that I felt like it wrapped things up pretty nicely. Um and it brought back some old favorites, which was good to see. And it probably had the scariest dinosaur. <laughs> I have ever seen on the franchise, <laughs> which I'll talk about is there, are, in a moment. That, like, bird, that, is her hands bird? Yes, we'll talk about it more in a moment because we'll do spoilers in a minute. But if you haven't seen Jurassic World Dominion, A, why are you listening to a podcast about Jurassic Park? And B, and B um, go see it. Like it's, it's available on streaming now. It's a really good movie, and it really does tie the franchise up in a really nice way. Spoilers are coming, so stop. Yeah, Yeah. so this point right now is when spoilers are coming. And and this is when I'm going to talk about the dinosaur that I'm talking about. So Jurassic World, yes. I had to look up this dinosaur after we saw it, after I saw it, and I actually texted Kristen, and I was like, what the hell is this (laughs) dinosaur? It's freaking scary. Um, And that is the pyroraptor. And it's the dinosaur that has the, the feathers and it like swam underneath the ice. Oh, that's <laughs> and I just remember being like What what are you thinking about? I'm thinking about the one with Edward Scissorhands. Yeah, that's the, the one. big one that looks like Yeah. But no, the one that dove under the ice was not that one. That one was smaller. The one that the Edward Scissorhands was really, really big. Yeah, it was one really big. The one that really big. The Edward Scissors hands. I think I just kind of confused them together then. I am wrong then. They were both bird ones, but they were lots of feathers. One was like, I'm a bird. Just kidding. I'm a fish. And, oh, I'm a raptor. And, oh, I'm a T-Rex. Like, I don't even know. But then the Edward Scissorhands one, like... Slash is straight Edward Scissorhands. That's what I called him the whole time, Edward Scissorhands. Yeah, 
The Pyroraptor right. is the Edward Scissorhands one. He's terrifying. So, like, the scariest. I would take a yeah. T-Rex any day. <laughs> Don't like it. Of the week. So let's get to the question. So you, Kristen, in particular, have a great affinity for these movies. So what is it that makes these films so great? Why is it that you return to these films over and over again? Uh, what made you fall in love with them? So I'm not a fan of, like, fantasy and fake stuff. But there's something weirdly, like, realistic about, like, these are real things. They existed at one point. And humanity is just stupid enough to be like, hey, we should bring back dinosaurs. So I think <laughs> it's, like, it's a fear. Like, it's it's truly scary. It's not like, well, it's scary because it's a movie. Like, it's a scary concept, like, what if we had to live in a world with that? Like, I don't know. Something about that is so, like, mm. I would pee my pants every day of my life. Um, yeah. But I don't know. The characters are always good. Going back to the first film, Jurassic Park, like, you can still watch that today, and it looks real. It, it doesn't, mm-hmm. like, you look at movies that are old, you know, compared to now, and, like, the technology's crap, and, like, you're like, this is so ridiculous because things were so, yeah. so much better now. But, like, then, aside yeah. from, like, their walkie-talkies were gigantic and, like, their computers were old, other than that, like, everything else could just be, you could just transition it into now and it it would work. And you know, Spielberg did such a good job with that it's first movie in terms job. of the effects and storytelling, yeah. So good. Yeah. This is up with my love for Harry Potter. Like, Jurassic Park, Mm-hmm. For me, beats Harry Potter, but barely, like a hair. <laughs> yeah. I think I prefer Harry Potter, but by a hair as well, because I really do enjoy I mean, I haven't watched all the Jurassic. I definitely don't watch it as often as you do, but I've always enjoyed it. I Obviously, I love some movies more than other movies um, right. within the franchise, Um but what I think what I like about it is just the imagination of it. So you said that you don't like fantasy, which is like this is real stuff, but it is rooted in fantasy because there's no way for us to do this. There's like you can't take a mosquito and take their blood and replicate their DNA. We don't have the science for that. Maybe eventually we will, but we don't have the science for that now. So it's it's like it's like real world context within a um, fantasy world, which is what makes it science fiction, is really what Jurassic Park is. It's science fiction. Um, And I like it because, A, I I also agree the characters are really good. I also think it teaches us lessons that we need to learn, maybe not in the, like, bring back dinosaurs kind of way, but the, like, we need to have limits on what we do when it comes to technology and when it comes to science because it can backfire very quickly if we try to play God is basically, for me, the lesson that Jurassic Park teaches us. Like Humans can't be God. We can't choose to bring things back. We can't... We can try. You know, and they're stupid enough you know, to try. <laughs> yes, and there's consequences for it. So, like, cloning in general, like, having the ability to clone, that could lead to something really, really bad very, very quickly. Um, so, like, I, to me, these movies, that theme of just, like, technology and science is great, but science and technology with hubris leads to massive consequences that can really hurt people, including the things you create. Um, so it's a bit Frankenstein-y a little bit, like, <laughs> in, you know, in terms of, like, be careful what you wish for. Um, and so, like, I really like the deep philosophical side of Jurassic Park, as well as it's just a usually beautiful effects, beautiful storytelling um, that kind of goes along with it. I really like... Um 
the lessons that you learned from Ian Malcolm. I really think he was put in that movie just to teach us lessons. Like, he was the I told you so in the movies, all of them. Yes, he was. Yes. That's my favorite. Yeah, so he definitely was. And it's just like, and I, you know, a lot of people are like, well, the Jurassic Park doesn't need all of these movies because basically they're making the same mistakes over and over again, except for their bigger mistakes each time. So, like, one person's like, oh, that was really messed up. All right, let's do the same thing, but let's do this. <laughs> and then, like, it just, the mistakes just keep getting worse and worse every single one. Yeah. So, we're just going yeah, to, we're not going like, to learn. We're just going to keep getting it worse. Yeah, it's not like, hey, let's let's do the same thing and see if it goes different. We're, like, fix some stuff and see if we can, they're like, hey, we should do the same thing, but we should make, like, genetically modified animal or dinosaurs out of really scary ones. Like the scariest ones we can come up with, we should make those. Yeah. And then let's bring them to the continental United States. And you know, like, let's let's do all these things. Like and and just like and so people are like, so like why would you do that? And I'm like, that's because humans do shit like that. Like that that to me doesn't seem ludicrous. I think there is a part of humanity that it does do things over and over again, expecting a different result. And <laughs> that's kind of the Jurassic Park um, franchise for you is doing the same thing over and over mad, again. Mad they're just mad because really of what? Keep... It's just, it, people are mad about it. Like, why do they keep making these? Because it's true. They just keep doing it over and over. And like, it's reality. And that's what makes them mad. <laughs> Yeah, 100%. <laughs> um, was there any other dinosaurs besides the pi- the Peroraptor, the one with the Edward Scissorhands, um, that you felt was the scariest? The, the Pyroraptor is the one that with the wing, the bird thing that flew that looked like a raptor, but it had feathers and it swam. That was yeah. the Pyroraptor. The, the one with the giant claws that helped at the end of Dominion, I don't want to spoil too much, but that helped at the end of Dominion to, like, end the battle um, mm-hmm. and, like, chase, um, what's-her-face, Claire into the water, like, sniffing. Um, that one's called the uh, Therizinosaurus. Man. And it lived in Asia, so we're safe. <laughs> we're good. But, uh, so, those two, um, Ganta, Giganta, whatever, that thing, like, why? Why, God? Do do tell me. <laughs> what what was your thought about The Gigantosaurus or whatever? Gigantosaurus? Mm-hmm. I don't even know how to say it. But, yeah. I'm like, that, well, like, that thing was good. terrible. And I love the bring back of the, um, what's the one that sprays the poison stuff at you out of its mouth? Oh, I know what you're talking about. They killed Man, this, this is like a like a dinosaur like lesson right here. <laughs> the poison dinosaur. Is that what it is? I'm gonna look it up. The Lophosaurus, I think, is this is how much I watch this stupid movie. The Lophosaurus. <laughs> yes, I, I think, think it's right. the Yes, I think it is. Yeah. Yeah, the Lophosaurus. It's pretty. Sad. I love how it got its comeback because it had such a small role in the first one. I mean, it was a big role, mm-hmm. but a small scene, and I feel like it, yeah. it got its comeback. One hundred percent. And then I need to give um a shout out to Raptors. Um T Rex doesn't scare me. Um I mean like I mean not saying that I would like to like go for a morning walk and run into a T Rex. <laughs> I'm not saying that. But like out of all the dinosaurs, the T Rex behavior makes sense. Um the raptors to me are have always been a little bit scarier in terms of their movement and how they work together um right to isolate their prey um and i was thinking about this so like one of the animals that i love um but are the most feared are wolves and the reason why wolves are the most feared at least this is from from theories is that wolves actually yep. remind us of ourselves because they have a social family. So that resembles very much like humans. And also you very okay. rarely 
run into a wolf by themselves. And so because there's multiple, there's more of a psychological like, oh, I see myself in these wolves and they're they're in a pack and there's nowhere for me to run. Whereas like, whereas big cats we might be afraid of, but we're not as afraid of big cats as we are wolves, just psychologically because of the pack um, mindset, which is why there's always fairy tales about wolves and not like mountain lions. You know what I mean? Like it's not red, little red Robin Hood and the mountain lion. Um, <laughs> it's, it's always the wolves. That's where all the folk tales are. So the decision to make the raptors um, basically wolves, like they're the dinosaur wolves, the raptors, in terms of like their pack orientation, the way they stalk their prey, um, I think leads that psychological fear that a T-Rex, which would be more like the big cat, um, doesn't have. Um so I, I do have to shout out for the, the classic raptors um, as being pretty scary, especially in that first Jurassic Park. Yeah, I um, I agree that raptors didn't get, I mean, they got the, I guess, respect in a sense. Um, but I agree. I think that the T-Rex is scary because he's big. So, like, mm-hmm. one of his steps, you're going to have to run real fast to get away. But if you hold still, he can't see you. So there's a thing there. There's really no getting away from a raptor, honestly speaking. No. Like, it would be very hard to escape a raptor. So um, I just think that you're right. It's, it's definitely more terrifying. Yes. And, and the fact that. And the fact that they are pack-minded, too, so that it's not just one. Like, one is scary enough, but, like, it's three. <laughs> and one is one is tracking you from behind, one is tracking you from the side, and then encircling you, and there's really no place to go. Um, and they're super crazy smart, too. Like, insanely smart. Um, but, yeah, the raptors, classic dinosaur in these movies that... Um, Terrify me. But yeah. I do have to say there are some dinosaurs that I'm okay with bringing back. <laughs> like such as just like a brontosaurus. I'm totally fine with that. They're they're adorable and they're graceful and they eat trees, leaves and stuff, and they're just super chill. We'll just yeah, you know keep them with the elephants and they'll be fine. <laughs> or that one. In, that they kind of guide out yeah. of the tree. The like that thing was chill. They're just like come this way. He's like okay. Yep, I I think that's also good. So like I would be fine with that. It's when people are like, yeah, let's let's bring back the apex predators. Like what? Yeah, let's get right on that idiot. <laughs> um. All right. So. Um, who do you think are the real villains in this world? So honestly, I think the real villains are the people in these in these movies in that world because um, what did you expect? Mm-hmm. It, it's like when people are like, oh, I went in the cage with the lion and the lion attacked me. And I'm like, huh, you mean the um, king of the animal kingdom? Uh, who eats other things that are meat, bit you and attacked you because you walked into its territory. Shocking. Like, I don't understand why people are so, they're like, oh, this attacked its trainer. And I'm like, it's still a wild animal. Yep. You created dinosaurs and you expected them to just do what you wanted. That is the ultimate fault in the human race is that they think yep. everything else is below us. So, John Hammond, villain? To an extent, yeah, because it was his idea. No matter how maybe good thought he was being, like, this is something cool, like, I think Ian Malcolm says it best. What was his line? He said, they, they were too busy thinking about if they could that they didn't stop to think if they should. And that is, I think, one of the greatest lines for 
not just science, but politicians as well. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. There needs to be limitation. There needs to be accountability. Even CEOs of corporations, just because you have the money to do something doesn't mean that you should use that money for that thing to make you even more money. There does need to be accountability. So I agree with you. John Hammond, I don't think is like an evil dude in terms of like a murderer, but he's definitely like a, a villain. He, A, brought animals that are not used to our world, which I think is cruel to those animals he created. Because um, the dinosaurs, they're not, I, I never view the dinosaurs as the enemy because the dinosaurs are just being dinosaurs. You know what I mean? Like, they're just being animals. They're doing their nature. But John Hammond had a choice. Um, and he made a really wrong one. And then there's other villains like Dr. Henry Wu, <laughs> um, oh, Lewis Dodson. Yeah, uh, Lewis Dodson um, towards the the end of the franchise. Um, Eli Millis, the the auction dude. Um, we talk about of, uh, another really good quote. Also, yeah. a really good lesson was in Jurassic World, um, the the guy that's there for Hammond, the one that goes down in the helicopter, went to Wu's mm-hmm. office and he said, I never told you to create a monster. And he said, monster is a relative term. To a, to a canary, a cat is a monster. And I'm like, I guess, yeah, if you don't, like, that's another flaw with humans. If you do not give them very strict guidelines, they're going to run with it. Yeah, and, and Doctor Henry Wood got uh, what? Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, selfish. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think Doctor, like, if you're into D and D, Doctor Henry Henry Wu, to me, is like a chaotic neutral. I don't think he's on the evil side, but he. He fits, he he changes his morality based on what he wants, and so like the thing that he that that he said about the canary to the cat, totally true. It is based on perspective, but also like you know exactly, or you should know exactly what would happen when you start messing with DNA. <laughs> And merging and, animals together, um, you should know that. So, and anything you make with a raptor seems like a bad idea. No offense, just seems like a poor <laughs> plan. It's all bad, yeah. Uh, and we'll talk about Doctor Henry Wu again um, in a little bit. Um, but yeah, and I think all like the the poachers, um, anyone who tries to make money off the dinosaur. Um, the dinosaurs, I think, were always going to be the villains of these stories. The ones who don't respect the life that was brought here against their will and the people who were trying to use them for money, basically. Yeah. They're villains. So in other words, but it's definitely the cool. enemy like, is bad dinosaurs are. Yeah. Like, as bad as the dinosaurs are, though, they're they're doing what they're supposed to do. Yeah, it's their, it's their nature. Sure. So yeah, it might be that that might be the scariest thing in the movie is the dinosaur, um, in terms of like action sequence. But the real scary people are the humans. Yeah, for sure. Making all the bad decisions. All right, <laughs> all the, all. The- Overall, since you've seen this so much, if you had to pick, because obviously it's an overarching story across the six, um, but it is broken up into two trilogies, really, Jurassic Park and Jurassic World. Which of the two trilogies did you enjoy the most? Okay, so if you're talking trilogy as a whole, 
I would have to say Jurassic yes. World. Okay. And the whole Jurassic World was overall better because Jurassic Park, there was one of them that was just not that great. It was good. Don't get me wrong. I still love it, and I watch it every time. But as a whole, <laughs> the Jurassic World movies were just good, good, like great, good, good was how I write, rate them, whereas Jurassic Park was great, good, okay. Yeah. I would agree with you. I also think Jurassic World um, was a more cohesive trilogy. Um, in terms of its storytelling. And I think the one that is the least favorite that we both put was like a like a little detour in that <laughs> trilogy that um, I didn't quite enjoy. I think I probably like it less than you do. Um, but we'll talk about that once we get there. So I'd say Jurassic World for consistency, I would say. Yeah, for sure. They just maintained that heightened interest, whereas the reason Jurassic Park stopped was because three was meh. Yeah. Um, And then I would say Jurassic Park, though, probably has the characters I love the most, though. Um, So it's like Jurassic Park has, like, the emotional memories, and Jurassic World is the the more consistent storytelling. Yeah, it's the original. You can never beat the original. True story. All right, so I have a question. It's about Henry Wu, okay? Did he redeem himself in the last movie? I think to a point... I think what happened was he went into it with really good intentions, like in the first one, really good intentions. And then money and fame and that notoriety, I think, got to his head. And people kept saying, like, you're this genius, you're amazing, you can do all these things. And that got to him. And in the end, he realized why he got into it in the first place. Mm -hmm. And... I feel like in that extent, yes, he redeemed himself, but at the end of the day, um, that's like murdering someone and then being like, well, I really am sorry. I realize I shouldn't have done that. I'm a good person. Yeah. Well, that's fine. We still did it. Agreed. Although like, I, I, thought that, erase- I was like, no, it definitely does not erase. And I was checking like the Reddit threads for it because I was curious to see what other people thought about it. Um, and I think the general consensus is that Dr. Henry Wu did not fully redeem himself. It was like the least he could do is basically um, what happened in that last movie. Um, so he's still he's still vil- the the villain, um, and he's the most consistent thing in the Jurassic Park franchise. That's true. He's in all of them. He's he's in all of them. He's even in Cat uh, Camp Cretaceous um, as yeah. well. Um, yeah. So yeah, he's 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 the the thread that binds all of these stories together because of um, him creating all of these dinosaurs and messing with them and continuing to work underneath the highest bidder. Um, of whoever is paying him to do what. So I agree. I don't think he, I think, I think it showed that he finally, I guess, realized that this might have been an issue. Um, (laughs) But definitely not enough to erase. Yeah. So I think, I think there were people driving Wu, but at the end of the day, he made his own decision. 100%. Yeah. Would you think that he, would you say that he's the main villain? Um, I mean, yeah, because something, even though we don't see it, something tells me he was part of the influence, like, let's keep going. You know, he didn't want to lose that. Yes. And the fact that he was there for all of them, I think, is really... I think telling for a lot of stuff too. Even the show, 
um, was brought on. All right. So why don't we start kind of breaking down our order of things? So we both agreed. Do we want to do least favorite to favorite or favorite to least favorite? Let's do favorite to least. Okay. We both said our number one favorite is the original Jurassic Park. Because of Steven Spielberg. And because of the actors. And because of the characters. It's just a good movie. And the storyline was good. There was no over embellishing. Mm-hmm. It was just back and like whoop. Yep. Whoops. Oh, we're now and we're all. Yeah. Um, and it, it really did a good job of building this this world that that is going to be played with um, for the next several years. So it was good. So um, I think it's the most complete story, 100%. Definitely. Um, And then we both agreed Jurassic World was our second favorite. So do you want to explain why you picked that one for second favorite? It reminded me a lot of the first one. It had a very clear story, and um, it was believable. Some of the other ones, they, like, dwindled off into weird territory or like they were trying too hard in some. The world was very reminiscent of the first one mm-hmm. and like ultimate do-over because between Jurassic Park and World we had two other films and neither was like a do-over uh, but Jurassic World was like on an island opening a park. It was literally a do-over and they still screwed it up type of thing. <laughs> yes. And I agree. I think I think for again that that it, it was a story where all the characters made sense. Um it had the same elements of the first one where it's like young like kids are involved. I don't know why kids involved make it a better story. But it, it follows the same formula as Jurassic Park really. Only another stage in the story. Um and I thought it was a, a very good script in terms of the story and how um, it was told. I agree. All right. I'll talk about my third favorite because um, Kristen's still watching it. And so she's withholding, putting this in her um, favorite. I mean, it's really until she's- uh, And that's Jurassic Park Camp Cretaceous. You can see it on Netflix. It is such great characters. It's a great story. The arc from season one to the last season is really great. Um, And it's super fun. I really like animated things um, in general. Um, And so it's just a really good medium for me. And I think it's a really well done story that's told with a lot of care. (laughs) And enhances the Jurassic Park world, in my opinion. So that's why it's my number three. Well, I I think that once I'm finished with it, if it maintains its level, it'll probably be up there like that with with me, just like it was for you. So Mm -hmm. I'm excited to keep watching. My daughter's finished it, and she loves it. It's a great show. All right. Um, What is your number three slash my number four? Um. So if we leave out the TV show, our top three is the same. We have uh, Jurassic Park 3, um, and this is the one, if nobody remembers, let's shame on you. Um, this is with the Kirbys. Um, I love the Kirbys. Um, I think they're funny. Um, I, love, uh, I love that we got to see um, Alan Grant again. Um, so it was like a little, and Laura Dern was there who played Ellie Sadler. So the, we got a little bit of the original still there. Yep. Yes. Um, but I love like Phil Leone. I think she's hilarious. So I just, I, it was like a little taste of the first one with the regular characters, but a kind of a new storyline, but not anyone trying to make a park. It was just people doing dumb things and getting themselves in trouble. <laughs> um, yes. But. So I, I just I feel like it was like a good transition, like if in my opinion they should have left out the Lost World and went straight to this one. 
I agree. I think the Lost World was a major detour. <laughs> um, uh, I think Jurassic Park 3, I really, anything that has Sam Neill in it for Jurassic Park, I'm always going to be excited about it because Alan Grant is uh, one of my favorite characters in the franchise. So um, I think because he was in it, <laughs> it also bumped it a lot um, for me. Um, so I yeah. just, I, I just prefer it as a, as a story to the other ones, I think. Yeah. All right. Just so, good story. Yep. Um, and so the next ones we flipped. Um, so I put Jurassic World Dominion, um, as next and Kristen, um, put Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. So I'm curious to know why you didn't pick Dominion over Fallen Kingdom? Um, honestly, if they, I could have just tied them, I would have, but I was making a list, so I didn't feel like that was necessary. <laughs> I like Understood. them probably equally much. Um, I, I like the idea in Fallen Kingdom of trying to save the dinosaurs. Like, we created them, and now you're just going to let them die. Like, that mm-hmm. seems screwed up. Um, and I like how, well, I think it was Ian said, Mother Nature is trying to write a lot wrong. Somebody was like, this, listen, like, let them die. Like, Mother Nature is telling you this is not okay. Like, the volcano yeah. is going to erupt. Just let it happen. And so, um, again, a life lesson. Like, maybe it is Mother Nature trying to write the wrong, the universe trying to fix itself. Um, cause you know, humans making dumb choices. Um, and so I, I did like Fallen Kingdom there, but honestly, those two movies like hand in hand, I like them equally. So it's really hard for me. I could go either way. You know, I would agree. I, I like the, like, cause the question of making all of these movies is running out of ideas. And so I do, what I do appreciate about the Fallen Kingdom is coming up with a fresh idea that isn't like, all right, now we're going to have, like, this hybrid dinosaur combined with this other hybrid dinosaur, and it will be, like, the superest dinosaur. You know, not continuing to do that. <laughs> um, they were adapting, finally. Yes, yes. So uh, making it now, like, an environmental thing um, that kind of mirrored um, the dinosaur's actual real demise. Um was, I think, a very creative thing. The reason I put Dominion before it is simply because of the fanfare of bringing Alan Grant and Ellie Sattler and um, Ian Malcolm back with the Jurassic World individuals, and it's just fun to see the two worlds collide. Um, So that's the only reason why. I do have to say, though, um, that I'm upset that Nick Robinson... Um, who I think plays Zach didn't return for it, man. <laughs> anyway, I know. Um, I got it. That would have been amazing. With Dominion, um, I do think that the nostalgia, like when they first like got together, um, when like they flip the car and then they get out and or, mm-hmm. like when they're all together, finally, I was like, I literally was like, my Jurassic heart. Like, it was such a you moment. Know, I was like, the old and the new together. So it was very exciting, and I liked that. Um, I just, I yeah. like the progression in the, the Jurassic World part series, the trilogy, because it in the first one, it was like, same thing, same thing, same thing. But this one, it was like, okay, we made this mistake. And then some half of them are trying to write it like, hey, we should save them. And then, yeah. but in steps humanity and greediness and reality, which I think speaks to our world. Like these men was yeah. like, Hey, we could make so much money off of these dinosaurs if we save them. Yeah. So I think that, that spoke to it. And then dominion, it's about like, Oh, they are trying to save the dinosaurs, but they're also being, gre-. so it like, it progressed. And I think the biggest difference between dominion and the other movies, all of them, dominion was more story based than just pure chaos. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, other, yeah. there was a lot of you know, dinosaurs almost eating people, but there was a, a, a really 
strategic storyline in there that was calm, mm-hmm. calm storyline. Like, oh, these these bugs are eating this thing, and they're giant, and it's this company, and it, you know. Um, so I, I feel like there was more. It was more story and less screams for like the first yeah. half for sure of that movie. And that's and and that's exactly why I think we both picked Jurassic World as the better trilogy is because it didn't seem like they were trying to figure out, like, throwing darts on the dartboard of, like, what to do next. Like, they had a cohesive plan um, when they started making the first one. Whereas I think the Jurassic Park trilogy was, man, Jurassic Park did so well, let's make another. (laughs) I think is the first trilogy. And the the second trilogy was like, okay, let's, let's build this world. We can build... Um, a consistent story here, and let's, let's make it happen. Um, at least that's how it, yeah. it 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 feels when we watch it, or when I watch it. And then the one that we both put as last is the Lost World Jurassic Park. Um, so what did that end up being uh, the last one for you? Um, you know, I really like some of the characters. Um, like I love Vince Vaughn, and I of course I love Ian Malcolm. Um, I don't know Vince Vaughn's character, but he was funny. I loved him. Um, but Ian was the best part of that movie. Mm-hmm. It just seems like, oh, you're in it. Uh, it just seemed too much. It seemed like they were forcing it like, oh, people love the first one. We got to make this amazing. And I'm like, they're trying too hard. People like Jurassic yeah. Park because it was just a really good story. It seemed believable. Now you're like, there's these two magical groups, and they're flying, and they're just catching animals left and right, and then, oh, boo, we let them go, and people are And I'm like, whoa, too much. Yeah, I would agree with you. I think it's – I think it was lack of focus. Okay, my daughter pointed out something very logical to me, and I was like, holy crap, she's right. How Mm. does the high hide work? Because how is it higher than the trees? That's a good point. I have no idea. She she was like, how are they higher than the trees if it's anchored to the car? And I was like, because I was like, it hangs from the trees. And she's like, they're higher than the trees. And I was like, huh, she's right. <laughs> Interesting. She just, she just thought of a plot hole. <laughs> of plot hole in Jurassic Park. Park. Go for above the tree so what is it hanging by (laughs) i like it i didn't even think about that yeah all right um let's just um so that's kind of our movie so um just curious like in terms of if you want to talk about a few of your favorite characters i have a lot but i broke them into movies so of course the originals are my favorite alan ian i honestly Ellie was not my favorite, but, like, the original three are always going to be, like, you're going to love them. But she was probably my least favorite of the three. Um, But Ian and Alan, like, they were my favorite favorite. I think it was just because she was just so logical and, like, chill. And Alan is, like, freaking out internally. (laughs) And Ian's like, I expected this. You know, it's chaos. This is what I do. And so... Um, I love Alan uh, and Ian, and then um, I love the Kirby's. Like I said, Amanda Kirby and um, Eric Kirby, that's the son. They were my The dad was a little annoying, but Amanda Kirby had me cracking up when, like, she screamed and ran off, and he's like, go after her. Make her stop screaming. Like, how many times do we got to tell you to be quiet? (laughs) I love that you didn't like Ellie Sattler because she was logical. (laughs) She was boring. I mean, logical is the nice way of me saying she was kind of boring. There was nothing like her storyline was pretty basic. Her storyline in Jurassic World was better because she was doing exciting things. And she was always like, we're going to do it this way. It's super normal. There's nothing to see here. Like, I don't know. It just seemed kind of boring compared to Ian and Alan and their thought process and what they did. So, I don't know. I was just boring. <laughs> but um, <laughs> uh, the new movies, uh, Zach, obviously, um, and Owen Grady, of course, because he was hilarious. One of my favorite scenes from Jurassic World is where 
um, she ties her shirt up, and she's like, okay. And he's like, what does that mean? And she's like, I'm ready to go. And he's like, uh-huh. Because she just thought tying her shirt up would tell him, like, I'm ready to hike through the forest. Yep. Um, so, yeah, Owen Grady and Zach, and then, um, like, Maisie was one of my favorites in the later movies, Maisie Lockwood. Um, and then the two the two um, assistants from the first one, like the computer nerdy guy and the yeah. – yeah, them. They, I just love them. So those were my people. Cool. Well, I totally agree with you about Alan and Ian. I think that they're great characters. I, Alan is probably my favorite of all of them, but Ian has some really great um, quotes, like things to put on pillows and stuff. Um, I liked Ellie Sattler probably because she is a smart, badass woman, and I appreciate smart, badass women who can take care of themselves and have boundaries. <laughs> I think that's the real issue. With Ellie, is that she has boundaries? You could have been the Ellie Sadler in that situation. That's why, Megan. <laughs> she has boundaries, okay? All right. Um, and then I also liked Franklin Webb um, as well. I also like Claire Deering. Um, I didn't like her in the first, like, Jurassic World. I, she annoyed me in her priorities. Um, and the fact that she's such a high maintenance kind of lady. Um, but as her story progressed, I, I ended up being like, man, she turned into such a badass. Like when we granted her into dominion, I was like, what the hell? Anyway. So I like her Uh during journey, the journey from like the, like, I'm just going to ignore my nephews and just like focus on this to, to being like a, Badass, like Liam Neeson, like adopted mom from Taken <laughs> in Dominion. Right. Um, <laughs> in the flannel. Can we, can we please point out the flannel? She rocked it. She did, yeah. So I, I think just for her, her arc and how she changes over time, I think is good. And then I just wanted to give a shout out to Mr. DNA, and that's pretty much my list. That's <laughs> true. Awesome. <laughs> All right, cool. So I think we've done a really good job uh, talking about Jurassic Park. Um, great series. If you haven't seen Dominion, spoiled a what is wrong with bunch it? of crap for you. Um, and you should watch it so you can understand the crap that we spoiled. Um, um, Kristen, do you have any nerdy obsessions this week? Oh, no, guys. My child started high school, and that is the only thing that's on my mind. Like, I've been running around ragged. So, my nerdy obsession is sleep. That is a good nerdy obsession. I like, I like it. Uh, yeah. Mine is D&D. Um, I started my first campaign this week with a group of friends online. Super excited. I'm a forest gnome um, ranger and excited to see how that goes. If you're not into D&D and you have absolutely no idea of what I'm talking about, that's okay. <laughs> um, for those of you who Wait, know what I'm talking about, you're good. What would you say, Kristen? That's me. I don't know what you're talking about. My brother it plays it religiously. He draws maps. He's got, like, all the things, all of them, yeah, all yeah. of them. And, uh, mm-hmm. like, all the books, all the dice, everything. Um, but me, I'm like, you're a what? You're a garden gnome? I'm a, a forest gnome. Oh, whatever. So you're not green and red. Gotcha. <laughs> Don't patronize me and say it's garden. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> All right. So we want feedback on what to discuss in the world of nerdom. So please hit us up at talknerdy underscore radio. Um, look at www.nerdprobs.com for reviews and articles about amazing books. Um, and we will be back not next week. But the week after that, let me actually give you a proper date instead of telling you that. Um, September 1st. Um, so we'll be back is September 1st. Um, and when we come back for September, September 1st, we'll have our kind of new layout of the show. So have yeah, yeah. a wonderful rest of your week and next week. Um, and we'll see you soon. Bye, everyone. Peace.